As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back in board with you once again today as the Minnesota Vikings headed to Miami to play against Skylar Thompson, who looked pretty good for a little while there. In fact, scary as heck, knowing the Vikings' history. And then banged his helmet, or excuse me, banged his thumb on the Vikings defensive players' helmets, right. <laughs> a la like Brett Favre style years ago, gashed his thumb pretty badly. Next thing you know, Teddy, 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 Teddy Bridgewater's back in there, and Miami's uh, momentum seemed to disappear. The Vikings end up winning 24-16 to in Miami and are now 5-1. and one. Well, all right, five and one. It wasn't the prettiest game in the world. In fact, it really wasn't at all. The first half was just flat out garbage, especially the first quarter. But then it's like, okay, we scored 10 points in the second. You know, that's not bad. You score 10 points a quarter. That's a 40-point game. Yeah, sure, the Vikings are going to score 40 points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vikings are going to score 40 points. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure they are. We're probably going to lose to a third-string quarterback, right? No, no, we didn't. And we didn't lose to a second-string quarterback either. Minnesota Vikings, again, defeat Teddy Bridgewater and the Miami Dolphins, the guy who probably should have started anyway in a lot of ways in terms of the chain of command and all that. But I got a scary feeling. The Vikings would have been in trouble had Skylar Thompson not got injured. He was more mobile, he was pretty accurate, and he was pretty gutsy. Like, Skylar Thompson, not bad for a guy who was taken late in the seventh round last spring. That's insane. He actually looked pretty good. He wasn't great. His overall completion percentage wasn't all that great because the Vikings' defense actually was decent at times today, particularly the secondary. I thought was decent. Funny, though, Teddy Bridgewater did end up throwing for 329 yards in the game, so it wasn't great. It was the same old shell defense, which is, in a lot of people might call it hell defense, especially when a guy like Terry Kill was making all of his catches. In fact, was targeted 15 times in the game for 177 yards and 12 catches. Didn't get in the end zone once, and not one peace sign, at least from what I remember. I watched as close as I could. Not a single peace sign. Tyreek Hill, taking on more of a maturity this past offseason since leaving Kansas City in a captain's role and all that cool stuff. Tyreek Hill, a little more mature. Good for him. Good for you, Tyreek Hill. You're not my least favorite player in the NFL anymore. <laughs> Maybe it is Honey Badger. I don't know. Can't stand him, but there's a lot of guys I don't like in the NFL. Right now, got the Chiefs and Bills flashing on the screen. How dare they not put that as a Sunday night football game, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, this might be a uh, preview of the AFC title game, and it was a hell of a second round matchup last year. Buffalo just could not hang on, and I was 
freaking pissed. And Tyreek Hill was doing all his crappy peace signs, and I was getting so pissed off, and I, I just started losing my marbles. And people on Twitter were like, what is wrong with Joey? Joey, it's not the Vikings here. Calm down. But I like Buffalo, damn it. And I actually kind of like the Dolphins, too. So, yeah. I, uh, bottom line, I like Tyreek Hill a lot more as a Dolphin than a Kansas City Chief. Something about Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs and all those miracle plays and all that with, of course, a great quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. It just drove me nuts. And you know what? Hear me on this one. Miami Dolphins are now 3-3 three and three with the loss and all that. And some of you are like, yay, we beat the Dolphins. That's good. I'm glad we took care of business despite it wasn't the prettiest game ever. Pretty much the rest of the way, unless it's the Super Bowl, I'm cheering for the Dolphins to win every one of their games for the most part. There's probably a few exceptions along the way, but we'll get to that when we'll, we'll cross the bridge when we get there. I'm cheering for Miami the rest of the way. And I got a sneaky feeling when you look at their upcoming five games leading up to the bye, they're going to win them all. Tua is coming back. He was having a phenomenal season, and it's going to be cool to see how uh, Tua can fare the rest of the way, praying that uh, the whole concussion situation will not continue for Tua, that that's it, he's done having concussions, it's not going to be an ongoing thing like Eric Lindros in the NHL, Steve Young in the NFL, Troy Aikman, you could name a million others that have went through hell with concussions. Uh, NHL players, you know, like Jordan Leopold for the Wild, Justin Morneau for the Twins, Joe Maurer for the Twins, this guy and that guy. Hopefully Tua can stay away from the old uh, concussion. So, because I'd love to see the Dolphins do well, as long as it isn't against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings now win their sixth game in franchise history versus the Dolphins in 14 appearances, which is just crazy. Only eight and six all time. Miami is the winner so far in that, including the biggest of them all, the Super Bowl. At one point in the past, back in the 73 season, the Vikings end up losing in January 74. Kirk Cousins, very efficient, very mature, very smart. Uh, threw the ball away when he was supposed to and also went for it on certain plays in a good way. Didn't look bad, didn't look out of control. Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell, I love the co- the uh, chemistry between the two. Kirk Cousins throws the ball away, doesn't risk a certain play that could have probably killed us. And Kevin O'Connell high-fives Kirk Cousins despite having to settle for a field goal. Those are really good just a good play. Just get rid of the ball and leaving enough time on the clock. That's the whole point. So we're not all kicking ourselves. Uh, it was a good play late in there uh, with the uh, field goal attempt right before the half. So it made us all feel better. Uh, Jalen Rager had a few punt returns. Averaged about 12 yards. It's actually better than nothing. Uh, Ryan Wright had another awesome day. Uh, Ten freaking punts, though. Can you imagine that? This is incredible. Ten punts for Ryan Wright. He was... He had them in the 26 times, not a single touchback, and a long of 73. Ryan Wright, you're awesome. Thomas Morstead, former New Orleans Saint and Super Bowl champion as a rookie. He did have a, a touchback, which is funny, but he punted very well. Great averages and all that. Why am I talking about punters? I don't know, because we needed them today. They were essential. They were an essential product. And generally speaking, sure, every player is needed at some point. You need a good long snapper, otherwise you're dead. You need a good punter, otherwise you're dead when it comes to field position. You need good cornerbacks, otherwise you're going to get roasted, toasted, and humiliated on a daily basis. Um, You need good safeties. You need good linebackers. You could go on and on. You need a good pass rush. Daniel Hunter with back-to-back sacks and back-to-back weeks. Well, sacks and back-to-back weeks anyway. Zadaria Smith was flat-out awesome. Harrison Smith was awesome as well. Very good game for uh, Harrison Smith with a couple of pass deflections. Patrick Peterson looked really good today. Three deflections. 
and, and made the four tackles that he had. He had Shandon Sullivan had his best game as a Minnesota Viking today. One excellent defensive player after another for Shannon Sullivan, knocking the ball away and making tackles for loss. Patrick Jones with a, uh, taking the most, uh, making the most of his opportunity, getting two sacks in the game. Patrick Jones the second anyway. Cam Bynum fumble recovery, awesome, awesome job. Cam Bynum, oh, very, very, very impressed. Uh, the defense is just certain individuals played so well today. Cam, Cam Dancer was solid, generally speaking. Josh Metellus made plays. Very, very pleased. Uh, Jordan Hicks was good for the most part. 11 total tackles. Just, again, the Vikings gave up yardage. It was a bend but don't break. It was annoying. But that's a coaching scheme. The individual players played extremely well on defense today, I'd have to say, generally speaking. Certainly not perfect. Guys got beat, this and that. Teddy Bridgewater did throw for 329 yards. But, again, that's the coaching scheme, I think, more than anything else. That shell defense that's pissing a lot of people off. And, you know, giving up third and long, fourth and five, and stuff like that. It just keeps freaking happening week in, week out. But luckily, again, certain individuals really stepped up today. And I keep saying that same couple words, certain individuals, because, well, they were so good, Zadarius Smith. You want to single them out and recognize what they did. Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter. But especially Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, and uh, Shannon Sullivan. I mean, very noticeable in today's game compared to other weeks where he was getting burned and looked like a backup at best. Looked like a starter today. I mean, they all look like starters today. These guys on defense. Just uh, absolutely strong, strong performance. The offense was sputtery. The offense was frustrating. Until Delvin Cook, the other guy from Miami. Teddy Bridgewater, again, playing for his hometown club uh, in a very extended period this time around. Did not have to go to any concussion protocol or elbow injury or anything like that. Played most of the game after a very strong start by Skylar Thompson. Not the most efficient overall, but the guy's mobile, the guy's dangerous. Watch out for Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson. He might end up being something someday. At least a dangerous backup quarterback someday. Believe it or not, uh, the mobility. There's something there. there. There's a little bit of guts in that guy. Um, <laughs> there's something. People might be laughing like, ha, give me a break, Skylar Thompson. That's the last time you're ever going to hear him. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's the classic third-string quarterback that was about to make the Vikings look like idiots again over the years, going all the way back to, was it uh, Steve Walsh with the Bears, you know, in 94. Uh, you, you could probably go back further, but my full-time Viking fandom started in 92, unfortunately, and I'm very mad at myself that I took that long. I was already 13 years old. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I'm really sad. Uh, but I have caught up with the 80s a bit, Again, but of course, I don't remember individual games as well as some other people might. Just the really important ones like NFC title game in 87 and those playoff games and such. I have memories and of course I've studied as well. Kind of gotten caught up on things. So there is that. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. finally got a touchdown today, but generally speaking, again, was put in a very... Uh, it was He was put at a disadvantage. He was put at a disadvantage, as a British person might say. Uh when it was kind of a short play and he was expected to make uh, some moves and such. Not a good situation for Irv Smith there where he ended up fumbling the ball, but luckily the ball was not lost. Thank you, Justin Jefferson, for recovering that. Pardon me. I'm a little bit distracted because uh, I helped my uh, neighbor lady uh, set up her TV. It was kind of a sudden thing, like, oh, I was about to record a podcast, but sure, sure, sure I'll help you. <laughs> so it threw me off a little bit. I apologize if I seem a little bit weird, weird and off here. 
Um, but yeah, Irv, Irv Smith was a bit off in the position he was in, in that short yardage situation. Uh, luckily, that didn't turn into a complete disaster. Uh, Cook, again, they, he, he broke loose for that 53-yarder, finally broke loose. Otherwise, he would have been gobbled up pretty good. Let's give credit to both defenses today, honestly. Again, like individual players on the Vikings and the overall team defensively when it came to the Miami Dolphins defense. I'm just I'm just not ready to give <laughs> to say Ed Donatello was scheming everything so great and he's the mastermind of the defense because I, I can't do that after what's been going on. I'm not going to diss the guy, but at the same time, I mean, it's not been good. There's the reason why Teddy Bridgewater threw for almost, well, basically threw for 330 yards in the game, despite the fact he's, you know, he's, 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 I love him to death, but I think he really is just a number two quarterback at this stage, and he's 29 years old. Um, Miami's defense was great today. You have to admit it. Obviously, the front four especially, or no, they're, they're a three four also, so the front three and four, whatever the heck, they played very well. Again, they got to Delvin Cook quite a bit and kept his, yardage embarrassing for quite a while it was like four carries four yards that's embarrassing but then he finally broke loose and then there was a comment by Jonathan Vilma of all people he's the commentator today cool cool name with Kenny Albert as the play-by-play voice in today's game the play-by-play voice and face (laughs) um he said that oh people talking about uh Delvin Cook you know he's lost a step well I don't see that what are you talking about they're crazy you know Eh, me, yeah, kind of. Let's say he lost half a step, okay? So he's not lost a step, he's lost half a step. Maybe a third of a step or a quarter of a step, but he's not as fast as he used to be. Did I'm glad he was able to get to that third gear, so to speak, but or like half of a two, second and two-thirds gear, second and three-fourths gear. It was, But we didn't see a 22-mile-an-hour explosion like he used to do. I did not see that, actually, so... I don't know. Um, it was nice to see Delvin Cook break loose finally. I'm sure that felt like a million dollars for him and for everyone else, but I think something's still missing a little bit. Maybe he's still recovering from some type of injury before that uh, we don't know about in his lower body. Obviously, he's got the upper body issue with the shoulder. That seems to be a chronic thing. Uh, heck, I've been struggling with a sore shoulder the last week or so. Just getting out of bed, what do you think of that? Obviously, my shoulders have been beat up for years and years and years and years doing the lawn service. When you've done about 30 years of lawn service, you're going to have aches and pains in places that other people may not as much. Um, just love texts when I'm trying to do a show. Just love them. Ugh. Um, so it's stuff like that. Yeah, I was just getting out of bed. And then I hear this loud pop, pop, crinkle, pop sound. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So like the whole last week, my right shoulder's hurt like hell. It's just finally getting better. Not sure what the heck happened there, but just bad angle, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not make it about me. Uh, Mustard had a moment that scared us, but other than that, again, not so bad. Um, the Miami Dolphins, again, it wasn't just the fact that Skylar Thompson hurt his thumb. The fact that the, the lack of discipline on the Miami sidelines and, well, and on the field, of course, was lacking in a big way. The, <laughs> the, or the lack of discipline was showing in a big way. Discipline was lacking in a huge way for the Miami Dolphins. With the penalties after penalty after penalty, they'd make a big gain and they'd be holding. And it would be an unnecessary type of thing, kind of like uh, 
Amir Smith-Marset last week. Like, why are you blocking someone in the back and it's not even close to the play? And it's just, what are you doing? It's so stupid. You're killing us, man. And it just kept happening with the Dolphins. One thing after another and pass interference on this play and pass interference on that play. So once again, the Zebras kind of like the Vikings, but it's not even that. It's the other team just played stupid and was making mistakes time and time again, like the Bears, like the Lions. You could go on all day with that. So that's what was going on, and that killed the momentum that the Dolphins clearly had. 1,000% momentum was on the side of the Miami Dolphins. It looked like it was going to be 10-0, you know, (laughs) 10-0, 17-0. I mean, who knows where this could have gone. It might have been an ugly game like the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe not quite that bad, but there was a pretty good chance it could have gotten real ugly. Just imagine if Tua was healthy and all that. But then the lack of discipline showed up. Dumb penalty after dumb penalty, killed one drive after another, one big play after another, and the next thing you know, the momentum started to shift, started to shift, and all of a sudden the Vikings are up 10-3 to at the half, and it's like, you know what, I'm feeling kind of good about this. And luckily, the Vikings would never relinquish the lead, even though the Dolphins would definitely threaten a bit in that fourth quarter. It just didn't end all that well. They did get two touchdowns, one failed two-point conversion because, well, you know, they're trying to... They're trying to get cute, which is a new thing, I guess, in the NFL. Going for the win versus the tie. Uh, so potentially get the score to a point where it's 24-18. to 18, So it's a six-point game, and an extra point would win it for the Miami Dolphins should they get the ball back and score a touchdown. It's a cool idea, and then it's like, oh, what the hell? What, what are you going to lose? You just got to make a two-point conversion then to tie it up. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but you didn't make the two-wing diversion in the first place, so what makes you think you're going to do it next time? Okay, yeah, I know, there's a chance they'd make it, but still, <laughs> I, I get it. But I suppose if Greg Joseph is your freaking kicker, maybe you might be worried about missing the extra points. Maybe you might as well go for two every freaking time the way it's going. Every single time you score a touchdown, stop missing extra points, Greg Joseph. I love you, Greg, I love you. Stop missing extra points, please. One of two there, and he made a 34-yard field goal. Good for him. Jason Sanders missed one from 51 and made one from 44, and he made all, well, one of his extra points. Again, the other Miami touchdown was a two-point conversion that uh, unfortunately failed. So it is what it is for the Miami Dolphins there. Landon Roberts was able to get to Cousins one and a half times officially again, sharing a sack with Jalen Phillips. Excellent Miami defense. This team has potential, folks. This team has potential. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl or anything, but they might be a threat for a lot of these teams. They might be a threat for Buffalo or Kansas City to pull off some kind of upset in the postseason, uh, being whoever's the, be it whoever's the number two seed potentially, or even the number one seed. If Miami somehow slips across and like, well, you know, they're the fifth seed or whatever, and they're the la- the lowest remaining uh, seed, and so they got to go to KC or Buffalo, depending on which one of these is number one, and. You know, it's going to be super fascinating to see how things turn out with that. Miami could be a threat with a healthy Tua, this defense, Tyreek Hill and all that, because Tyreek Hill's not on Kansas City. He's on Miami. Um, Raheem Mustard's pretty good, too. So I like the Dolphins. I think they have a chance to do something. Hopefully they're able to right the ship here and, you know, weather the storm of the concussions and all that, the concussions, the bad luck here and the bad luck there. And then just flat out not winning today with poor discipline and, I don't know, no Tua. <laughs> you know, it's that simple. No Tua and no miracle play by Skylar Thompson. Otherwise, again, <laughs> the Green Bay <laughs> Packers hate New York teams. 
with a passion. And we'll talk about that some more in the second segment. <laughs> it's kind of funny how that all turned out. So, with that said, again, the Vikings will be playing Arizona in two weeks. Next week, there will not be a show. There will not be a Purple Mafia for bye week. Some people thought that was crazy when I years ago when I started saying that. And it's like, well, anytime I did bye week shows, the numbers weren't good. And it's just, I don't know. I think I did one not too long ago where I just kind of did like a two-segment thing, maybe a tiny bit of Viking news if there was. And then it was just kind of a, you know, NFL roundup and fan interaction, this and that, a significantly shorter show. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I don't know. If I do it, I'll do it. I'm not going to commit to it. Just leave it like that. (laughs) The playoffs are like that, where if the Vikings are out, I end up again going over all the different teams, and it's fun, and I always will. I love doing that, but it's playoff football. That's a little bit more important, bottom line. Chiefs are leading 7-3, to very low-scoring game, late in the first half. Very interesting how that's turning out at the moment. Chiefs only three points for Buffalo. What the heck? And it is in KC because you see red and yellow everywhere. Great color scheme. I'm just not a huge fan of the team and all that. And I still, I don't know, drives me nuts thinking how the Vikings were 18-point favorites going into Super Bowl four and they got smoked. Pissed me off beyond belief. But, of course, I wasn't there. But it's just the whole thought pisses me off. And that's where it all started. Honestly, that's where all the frustration and disappointment started for the Minnesota Vikings. Zadarius Smith, again, just a, a wonderful day. He was there in the backfield time and time again. Again, multiple sacks. He's had a couple of great weeks in a row. And again, Daniel Hunter starting to show more and more signs of what he can do. And he gets more tackles as a defense, as a linebacker versus a flat-out defensive end. So there's that. Uh, looks like he's adjusting to the role a little better than he was earlier in the season. I think that's cool. Again, because, of course, in the 3-4 defense, he plays in the, with the linebacker group, of course. A lot of people thinking he should move up to the front three. I'm not completely against that, honestly. But we'll see. We'll see. He's, he's certainly adjusting to it better than he was. He's, he's, he's coming around, Daniel Hunter. And, of course, his value is off the charts. When Daniel Hunter's playing well, the Minnesota Vikings defense is one of the toughest to beat to be quite fair, unless you play that crappy, stupid, idiotic shell defense that everybody hates. Stop playing the shell defense, please, for the love of God. Um, I've talked about Shannon Sullivan. I've talked about, you know, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson. Again, they just they made the big plays when they needed to. And the other big part of the game is who knows what could have happened. Miami was really close, hanging in there. It was dangerous. And then Jalen Waddell had the fumble. I mean, that was a big, big... Big moment, big chain, uh, turn of events for Jalen Waddell. That drove him crazy, and you could tell he was heartbroken by it and frustrated. Um, a huge fumble, and that ended up being recovered by Bynum. Really appreciate what he was able to do. And the multiple interceptions. Again, the crazy lucky bounce, how the ball bounced off of Hicks. <laughs> Hicks's helmet, and Harrison Smith was able to get it back after he'd kind of touched it first. And Harrison Smith was able to get it back without it hitting the ground. Pretty wild and crazy how all that turned out. But again, the concentration level to make a play like that counts for something. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, again, it's very impressive to see, uh, or very encouraging to see, uh, a lot of these defensive players stepping up in big moments because the offense just wasn't working today. Miami's defense is going to be a problem for teams in the future during the course of this season. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe they will be a threat for the Buffalo Bills later on because, well, they beat Buffalo this year. So, that's the one loss for the Buffalo Bills. And back in the day when Miami wasn't even good, they were a thorn in the side for Tom Brady with the Patriots and all that. So with that said, the Fran Tarkington Award winner for this show 
is a little tougher than you'd think because, you know, Patrick Peterson, great game. Harrison Smith, great game. Zadarius Smith, great game. Zadarius Smith is going to have it at the end of the day, but I think it's going to be the Smiths. It's going to go to both of the Smiths. Harrison Smith had his best game of the season. Zadarius Smith was absolutely phenomenal, to, to say the least. Uh, definitely healthier, stronger, looking a lot better. He had a couple crappy games in a row. Looked better last week. Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith, the Smiths show up in Miami. Will that be the title for this episode? I think they saved the day. I really do. In a lot of ways, they saved the day. They killed momentum by the Miami Dolphins. And again, the big turnover as well was a huge thing. Um, with that said, the Christian Ponder Memorial for this episode, you know, like Patrick Jones deserves recognition as well. Just what a great day. And I did talk about him. The again, it's like nobody openly stands out except maybe, I mean, again, the offensive line, not the best. Ed Ingram had a crappy day, I thought. He got beat. He looked pretty bad. I think Ed Ingram's going to be a nice starting right uh, right guard part of me in the NFL for many years. Bradbury, I think, regressed after a huge jump the past few weeks. Looking super duper promising. But you can't put a whole lot of stock into Garrett Bradbury with what he's done the last couple of years. He's been below average every single year. Decent in run blocking, horrendous in pass blocking. The pass blocking today was not good. Uh, luckily, Cousins didn't throw a turnover. Lucky Cousins, luckily, Cousins didn't get hurt or fumble the ball. Uh, good on Kirk Cousins for, you know, kind of steadying things throughout the game. I think he did really well, Kirk Cousins. I could tell he was quite frustrated with Garrett Bradbury and others. Uh, probably going to be Bradbury and Ingram are going to bring home the... Uh, so it's going to be a, a, a duo for both sides. Uh, again, the Smiths on defense will get the Fran Tarkington, and on offense, it's going to go to Garrett Bradbury and Ed Ingram. Just not a good day for either one of those guys. Hopefully we'll see improvement in the next couple of weeks here. Again, playing the Arizona Cardinals, who have a pretty dangerous defensive line, to be quite fair, with J.J. Watt and others. So we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Again, two weeks away for that one, but the preview will be today for sure. And if for some strange reason I just get this tug at my heart to do Purple Mafia during the bye week, maybe I will, but don't count on it. It's well less than 50% chance. I'd say it's less than 25% chance. Not because I don't want to, but, you know, it's it's a little bit of a grind during the show, during the course of the weeks and all that. Maybe I uh, need to get started on some of the uh, on, on Timberwolves or Brave the Wild. Maybe get caught up on that one because they've played a few games. And, oh, boy, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, watch out. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. They've given up seven goals a night so far. In the two games they played, 14 goals total. So that really sucks. With that said, we'll take a quick break and preview games like Arizona and look around the league and see what happened to the Packers, the Chicago Bears, and other teams throughout the NFL right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the NFL, preview the Arizona Cardinals, and then say adios amigo for a week, I guess. Yeah, something like that. And talk about the Vikings winning the NFC North. Gosh, I guess it's wrapped up already. Well, almost. 
Let's not get too excited, but almost. Got the Yankees and Guardians flashing in the background. Did they just tie the game? Oh, it's a foul. Oh, well. If Guardians win, the uh, New York Yankees are done, and the Guardians go to the American League Championship Series. How about them San Diego Padres last night pulling off the greatest uh, upset since 1906 in terms of margin of seasonal victories? San Diego Padres had only won 89 games. The frickin' Dodgers had won 111. Padres eliminate the Dodgers three games to one in a five-game divisional round. Pretty exciting. So I thought I'd throw in a little baseball. A little baseball. It's October. It's baseball playoffs. It's fun. You know, it's something to enjoy when football's not on. And even when football is on. It's the freaking postseason. I'm going to have this on at least for now. Otherwise, Eagles and Cowboys will be flying in the uh, background as well. Probably off and on. I might switch back and forth. Washington, Chicago, that's much later. San Francisco and Atlanta Falcons. Falcons kicked off a rematch of the 2012 NFC Championship game when the 49ers ended up beating the Atlanta Falcons by the skin of their teeth. Possibly a bad call going against Atlanta. I think kind of so, yeah. Well, Atlanta won today. I know it means a whole lot, but both clubs are 3-3, three and three, and technically the Atlanta Falcons would have, you know, a tiebreaker versus San Francisco, but the 49ers in the crappy NFC West are still in first place, despite the fact they are 3-3. Three and three. Isn't that the darndest thing? <clears throat> NFC West last year was probably the strongest division in the NFL. This year it sucks. Look how quickly things can change. Look at, uh, you know, look at all the other divisions. We'll get back to them in a second. Teams like, uh, I don't know, we'll get back to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the New, New England Patriots. No, let's go back to Atlanta. San Francisco very briefly. If I can do that, there we go. Falcons ended up scoring 14 points in the second and third quarter, and then the two teams just kind of faltered and stopped each other time and time again. The last score of the game was midway through the third quarter. Isn't that just the darndest thing? Marcus Mariota, Mariota to Kyle Pitts. Young, <laughs> young Huku, gotta like that name, made the extra point there to make it 28-14. to Otherwise, <clears throat> midway through the second, the 49ers had tied it up after going down 14 nothing. What the hell, San Francisco? What the hell, man? 49ers do not look good. <clears throat> I'm sorry for picking them to go to the Super Bowl this year. I'm very sorry. My mistake. I don't think they're going. Eagles? Vikings? Vikings? Eagles? Giants? Yeah? Well, we'll see. Right now, the Minnesota Vikings are the number two seed in the NFC right now. they have, I guess they have been for a while. Tampa and San Francisco, both 500 clubs leading their division. Then you got teams like the Giants and Cowboys. Giants 5-1. and one. God. Dallas Cowboys 4-1. and one. Maybe, the, again, the Giants might be kind of like the Eagles years ago. I guess the Eagles are the Eagles years ago where they just kept winning games and then ultimately won the Super Bowl. Let's hope that doesn't happen. George Kittle didn't get in the end zone, but he had 83 yards and 8 catches. Brandon Ayuk had 83 yards and 8 catches. How did that happen? I have no idea. And then 2 touchdowns. Wrap your head around that. Exactly the amount of yards and exactly the amount of catches and and stuff. That's just weird. But I guess it happens. Despite the fact... Ah, let's just leave it alone. Jimmy Garoppolo, a couple of interceptions. Marcus Mariota, very, very efficient. Only attempted 14 passes. Had one... One incompletion in the game. One. That's crazy. Just efficient. Just getting the job done. That's the definition of a game manager, Marcus Mariota. Good job. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons might have an outside shot at a wild card spot. 
and get pounded in the first round. But hey, they made the playoffs, right? You made the playoffs. You made the playoffs. Isn't that great? You made it. Caleb Huntley with 59 yards. And unfortunately, no sign of Cordero Patterson in today's game. So that kind of stinks. San Francisco had a couple sacks. One from Drake Jackson and one from Charles Amenehu. Cool name. <laughs> Jalen Hawkins. Hawkins of the Falcons. Well, he did something else. He had an INT, as did Isaiah Oliver. The Falcons had no sacks, but they had something more important. Turnovers. Very, very helpful. So, <clears throat> congratulations from that standpoint. San Francisco's in trouble. They really are. New England Patriots crushing the Cleveland Browns. Ouch. I'm sorry, Vince. I, I am, and I, I hope he's listening still. I hope I haven't bored him to death with this show. <laughs> Obviously, he's waiting for Tim Rule's explosion again, who did join the Basketball Podcasting Network. I'm not sure, so I guess there's the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm not ready to bring this show over there yet. We'll see. There's just, you know, I'm, I'm just not ready to do that yet. We'll see. Uh, I'm happy with one show there for now. Maybe the Brave of the Wild. Look at me airing out my dirty laundry here. I apologize. Just, just thinking it over. You know, sometimes I like being completely on my own. Sometimes I kind of like it, but it is nice to have a real ad on the show, too, even if I'm the one reading it. <laughs> and that's how it works, right? The Well, and yeah, but I do have the little the little uh, aff affiliations and such, my uh, crypt cryptocurrency and Vigit, but then the other one is a, 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 an actual ad with uh, DraftKings on, on uh, Timberwolves Explosion. So maybe we'll see. Maybe I should have joined it a long time ago. We'll see what happens. Um, so far, I'm not seeing any... <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just, you know, just, just want to give it time. That's all. But with that said, the Cleveland Browns hammered 38-15. to 15. I'm sorry for making that about me and that other show. 38-15. to 15. I want to make it about Vince Germano. And I'm sorry. You know, I, I like the Cleveland Browns. I'd like to see them do better. It sucks seeing this happen. I know and eventually you got Deshaun Jackson coming, but... What does that even mean anymore? He hasn't played in like two or two and a half years or something. Uh, and just the vibe around that guy is not good. Jacoby Brissett suddenly can't play anymore. What the hell? Like, he's terrible now. And then this Bailey Zapp is zapping the world. He's probably one of the underdog stories of the year, kind of like uh, Dylan Mills last year with the uh, Houston Texans. So Bailey Zapp, I think he's an even bigger one. And uh, maybe Skylar Thompson could have been that guy too. But two is coming back next week. Again, hoping and praying for no more uh, concussions and all that. Praying for that. Uh, Cleveland played from behind, so they couldn't utilize their true strength. And Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, two wonderful players. Obviously, a little fire and thunder, uh, lightning and thunder there. Chubb with the thunder, and he's a heck of a thundering running back. But unfortunately, he only got 12 rushes. So that's how that works. Cleveland just kind of playing from behind. And Jacoby Brissett with a couple of INTs in a sloppy game. And Bailey Zapp just keeps building that confidence. 300 yards, couple touchdowns, no turnovers, no problem. And look at the uh, New England Patriots. They're so great that they're 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, that's after two wins in a row now, and they're 3-3. Three and three. That's how crappy their start was. Though, so, yeah, well, it's nice to see Bailey Zapp. Sometimes it's the guy you don't expect. The guy you took in the first round doesn't look so great, does he? So... <laughs> Just like in the past with New England, sometimes those higher-end guys just don't do a whole lot. And then here comes God knows who out of nowhere, and he ends up being one of the best ever. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Bailey Zapp might end up being something. We'll see. Or he's just kind of lucky for now. Um, yep, obviously the Green Bay game is much later. Jacksonville loses again. They lose again. 
They were winning this game, and they ended up losing. Indianapolis Colts getting the job done. Matt Ryan now has guided the Colts to a winning record. 3-2-1. Good job, Matt Ryan. It is what it is there. Big time play late in the game. Jacksonville, well, they had a one-point lead. They didn't necessarily have the game won or anything, but they were hoping for something nice. The two-point conversion did not end up working out, so they ended up holding on to a one-point lead, which is definitely not enough in the NFL, especially with almost three minutes remaining. That's like... You and you might score twice. Like each team might score at that point. So, <laughs> and you might score again. You never know to wrap up the game and win it. Like crazy games like Seattle, Green Bay in the past. Trevor Lawrence did not turn the ball over. Insanely efficient. Only two incomplete passes on the whole day on 22 attempts. Matt Ryan attempted 58 passes, but did not turn the ball over. Good job, Matt. Starting to look like the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan again. Michael Pittman Jr. with 134 yards in the air. Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce end up being heroes with the touchdowns. Jelani Woods also brought one in. More of a short yardage play and only two catches for him. But that's how that works. Uh, Colts with a couple of sacks in the game. Jacksonville just not a whole lot going. That's unfortunate. It sucks seeing the Jaguars dropping down to 2-4. and four. Just, What's going on? Are they just showing replays on the Jumbotron? Why are we seeing that? <laughs> that's cute and everything. I think that's just kind of a graphic. Anyhow, good for them. I hope the Guardians can get this done. But, I don't know. I think a lot of us like the Astros even less than the Yankees because of all the cheating. Plus, Carlos Correa is pissing us all off, too. So, because he's opted out. What a surprise. Can't believe Carlos Correa opted out of the, the contract with the Twins. Ah, what a shock. Gee, gee. It's not all about the money or anything. No. Not at all. Here's a 35 million. I'm going to opt out. Yeah, 35 million. Eh. God, the greed in this, the greed in the sports world is off the charts. Thirty-five million. You just say, nah, that's okay. That'd be like me turning down like a twenty-dollar an hour job. You know, like, eh, you know what I mean? When I'm probably, you know, sure, I think I'm worth more, but you know, in this day and age, anyway. But yeah, you get the idea. To him, that's what it's like. <sighs> Colts end up winning the game, thirty-four to seventeen. Again, late drive. Matt Ryan hitting Alec Pierce for a thirty-two yard touchdown. Two-point converted to make it a seven-point game to kind of even things out and all that cute stuff to prevent Jacksonville from pulling off some miracle victory, which they did not. And it's unfortunate, but that's kind of how that goes. Running game is even stranger. Yep, that Travis Etienne Jr. with 86 yards on the ground. Good for him, including a 48-yard run. James Robinson getting less and less carries, but still has that solid four-and-a-half yards of carry. He does a heck of a job at the end of the day. Let's just keep moving on and on. If either of these teams make the playoffs, they're going to lose in the first round anyway, so they're not that interesting, bottom line. Cincinnati Bengals back to 500. God, everybody's 3-3 three and three now. Jeez, the whole planet. I'm so, they're 3-3. Three and three. They're 3 and, ah, oh, why do I have to keep seeing the same thing on the TV screen? They're all 3-3. Three and three. <clears throat> New Orleans drops to 2-4 and four because they're not as good as people think they are, I guess. Andy Dalton. Has his moments, but generally doesn't. He's he's okay. He was an okay starter for Cincy for quite a while. But Joe Burrow, the real true starter of Cincinnati with 300 yards and three touchdowns. And yes, exactly 300 yards. Yes, that's not a that's a, that's a real thing. Jamar Chase, 132 yards and two touchdowns. There's your number one pick for wide receivers anyway. Probably about the top guy you're going to get other than Justin Jefferson. And I keep thinking back and forth of those two guys being on the same college team with Joe Burrow. It's just... Oh, my God. Ugh. Every time I think about that, I'm just blown away. 
Isn't that crazy? Traquan Smith for the Saints. Well, he got a touchdown, and I don't know. It's just kind of an odd, odd day. Andy Dalton, mediocre, about 50%. Taysom Hill attempted four passes for 16 yards. Yay. That's just wonderful. Uh, Alvin Kamara finally leading the Saints in rushing instead of Tidy Taysom Hill, which is kind of funny. Alvin Kamara's like, hey, what about me? Come on. Come on. Enough of this Taysom Hill cute stuff. Get, get, give me the damn ball once in a while. And he got 99 yards on five carry, five yards of carry. That's not bad. Solid. Solid, solid like a rock. Demario Davis with two touchdowns for the two sacks, pardon me, for the New Orleans Saints. Along with Caden Ellis and Cincinnati, only B.J. Hill and Sam Hubbard sharing a single sack. But the uh, Cincinnati Bengals win the game and get back to 500. Come on, Cincinnati. I picked you to win the Super Bowl. Stop screwing around. Stop it. Now start winning games again. Get that great record. Hey, at least they won a road game in the Superdome. So that's good. New York Giants did what they didn't do many years ago in the Super Bowl. They beat the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. They are 5-1. and one. They beat the Baltimore Ravens and are 5-1. and one. And one of the strange anomalies in sports and, and in the NFL when teams have different types of divisions and all that, Baltimore's 3-3 three and three and in first place in the AFC North. New York Giants are 5-1 and one and they're not even in first place in their division of the, of the NFC East. Of course, that's because the Eagles are undefeated. We'll see what happens with the Cowboys tonight. Maybe things will change and the Giants will be a first place club. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to stop laughing at the Giants and saying they didn't play anybody and they're just a nobody. They're not bad. They're not bad, okay? They beat the Packers pretty good and they beat the Ravens today. The Ravens might not be the best team in the NFL, but they're still dangerous. I'm pretty sure they'd beat us. I'm pretty sure they'd beat us on a good day. Maybe not all the time. Last year they made us look like crap. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say I'm pretty sure they'd beat us, but I'm pretty sure they'd give us a hell of a time. And we'd have to really earn it if we did beat them. I shouldn't just out and say they'd beat us. No, I'm sorry. Last year they did, and I'm, I still got that stuck in my head. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake with 119 yards and a touchdown for the Baltimore Ravens. The New York Giants, see, they're just kind of winning with solid defense and smart offense. Daniel Jones is taking care of the ball. He didn't turn the ball over. Saquon Barkley, just a nice, powerful running back. Didn't dominate. Only had an eight-yard long for the entire day. Isn't that crazy? And But got in the end zone with 83 yards and all that cute stuff. Averaged under four yards a carry, but just solid enough. Um, they're not prolific at really anything. They're just kind of solid. The New York Giants, just kind of solid at this and solid at that. Generally speaking, I'd say their defensive line is back to being way at the top, uh, the reason why the Giants are so tough. But again, also, their offense is, is okay. They protect the football. It's kind of important, you know. <laughs> Wendell Robinson, Daniel Bellinger, Marcus Johnson, those are the receivers. Um, Richie James Jr., I mean, it's just interesting. Saquon Barkley, again, solid to occasionally great running back. Watch out for the Giants. They're not somebody I'd sleep on, that's for sure. What the Bucks, what the Tampa Bay Bucks is going on. They're in first place still. Uh, with a 3-3 three and three record, and they just lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and apparently Tom Brady berated his team like you've never heard before. And it's sad. Um, it sucks. It's, it's kind of like turning into Michael Jordan with the Washington Wizards, isn't it, a little bit? Not as bad, because that Wizards team was crap. It was like the stupidest decision in the history of Michael Jordan's life. 
you know, having any part of that effing franchise, as far as I'm concerned, was a stupid, stupid mistake for Michael Jordan. But to join the team <laughs> with that bunch of clowns, including the, a guy I used to call Jerry Steakhouse, because that's uh, I'd rather go to a steakhouse than watch Jerry Stackhouse play, because he's, he was just an arrogant, selfish POS. Why would you want any part of that team? Michael going there was a dumb move, but Jordan was kind of an arrogant, selfish POS too when he came back. He literally just kind of came back to kind of toot toot his own horn, which was pointless uh, in his upper 30s. Sorry, I kind of went on a rant here. I don't want to look at Tom Brady in that light. I really don't. I, I truly believe Tom Brady came back to win another Super Bowl. It's a hunger thing. It's an addiction. That's why Tom Brady came back. And that's kind of my whole point for even bringing up Michael Jordan. It's nothing like that. It's just I hope and pray to God that it doesn't kind of turn out into something like that where Brady's just angry and frustrated and tearing people apart like Michael Jordan was that whole freaking two years he was there. And the guy he took as president of basketball with the Washington Wizards, like just a year before or just earlier in the spring that year, Kwame Brown, Michael Jordan himself took Kwame Brown number one overall within months. Within months, or was it a year later? He looked Kwame Brown in the face and told him, You'll, you're, you're never going to be anything in this league. Really, man? So stuff like that, obviously, is total stupid bullcrap. I love Michael Jordan as a player, but as an executive, he sucks. Uh, as an owner of the Hornets, I guess he's okay. But so Michael Jordan did suck at something. <laughs> and I don't know. He should have just, he should have never came back to play for that team. And I, I don't know. That pick was on Michael. Okay, I don't know why I'm getting into that. I should get into that in the Timberwolves explosion sometime. But this kind of does bring me to it a little bit, seeing this frustration this year with Tampa Bay. It's a damn shame. Love Todd Bowles, by the way. I love some of the things he says about, I don't know, he doesn't like to make everything about one topic, and we'll leave it as that. Uh, you can kind of look that up on your own time when you have when you have your own time to do it, if you want to. But bottom line, the Steelers win, which is crazy. Mitch Trubisky actually was insanely efficient, absolutely off the charts. Quarterback rating of 142.4, threw a touchdown and only uh, only 9 of 12, but completed passes and completed some big plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And some wonderful things happened. Chase Claypool, Connor Hayward, guys like that did a hell of a job. And Pittsburgh beat Tampa today. It's just weird. It's, it's really, really, really weird. Uh, Carolina over the... Uh, no, Carolina, of course, they're, they're not beating anybody. They just fired Matt Rule this past week, and they are just sad. It's a sad franchise right now, the Carolina Panthers. Matthew Stafford and the Rams did win the game in definitely an ugly fashion. Like, they didn't play that great, honest to God. And then you have P.J. Walker and Jacob Eason over there in Los Angeles throwing pass, uh, excuse me, in Carolina in Los Angeles, but for the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey apparently is on the trading block. Because they're, you know, obviously he's a very valuable piece that could be added to a 49ers, a Minnesota, an Eagles, whoever. God forbid if that happened. Or Cincinnati Bengals. Who knows? Why not? Why not a team like that uh, that wants to go all the way and get the job done? If New York Giants, I could go on all day. <laughs> New England Patriots, that'd be funny. Cooper Cup with 80 yards, no touchdowns. Allen Robinson, the second, scored a touchdown from the uh, Matthew, from Matthew Stafford who did have a turnover in the game Carolina is just 
They're going to have the number one pick in the draft, probably. They're what the Jets were just a few years ago. And the Giants. The Jets and the Giants just a year ago, calendar year ago, were complete crap. Carolina is one of those teams now. They are just toast. Along with teams like Chicago Bears and Detroit, everything's falling apart for Detroit. They did not play today for their sake. I suppose it's a good thing. Next week's opponent, I'm not getting into that. I apologize, I almost did. We'll get to that when we get to it in a few minutes. Buffalo Bills end up defeating Kansas City after trailing forever. Not by a whole lot, but just the fact that they weren't getting anything done. All of a sudden, late in that second quarter, both of the teams started finally scoring some points. Things started finally rolling. And in fact, really, no points were scored in the first quarter to begin with. That's the whole joke. But Kansas City was up 7-3 to three with what felt like forever. And then Buffalo finally got in the end zone. Josh Allen to Gabe Davis with a 34-yard play. And then Kansas City, gosh, was able to get far enough down the field with one second remaining. Where Harrison Butker made a 62-yard kick to tie the game. And it's like, ah, this sucks. Buffalo's not going to win, are they? But then Buffalo did win. They staved off Kansas City, kept them in, in check for the most part. Josh Allen to Diggs, good, good for him. Patrick Mahomes and all that Buckner with another butt, butt cur with a 44-yarder. Put Kansas City up 20-17, but ultimately Josh Allen with a game-winning drive, and then Buffalo's defense stopped Kansas City in the final minute from any type of miracle play. Buffalo had a four-point lead. Kansas City had to get in the end zone. There was gonna, there was not going to be any overtime or anything cute like that. The game was over at the end of the fourth quarter once it's a four-point game. But luckily, Buffalo was able to get the job done and the most impressive win of the season for the Buffalo Bills, who are 5-1, and one, a lot like a certain purple club who plays about five miles east of here. I don't even know if it's five miles. Yeah, yeah, about five miles east of here in U.S. Bank Stadium as I here in my Golden Valley apartment. Not too far from the city of Minneapolis. Buffalo Bills defeat Kansas City on the road. Kind of like Jordan and the Bulls beating uh, the Orlando Magic in Orlando after the Magic had recently won the Eastern Conference. It's, it's stuff like that where you just get the feeling. The 49ers beat the Cowboys. You know, the 49ers beat the Cowboys in 94 and it's like, here we go. Cowboys are going to go away and San Francisco is going to win this year. Hell yes. That was exciting. Um, and I, I, I hope this is a sign with what's going to happen with the, between Buffalo and Kansas City. I don't want to see Kansas City beat Buffalo again. It's sad. It's frustrating. It's annoying. Uh, so no matter how we feel about digs or anything like that. So far, Philadelphia and Dallas midway through the first. Nothing going, unfortunately. Philadelphia with the ball at the moment. NFC North, of course, again, the Detroit Lions did not play. And then you get some of the ugliest Thursday night football of all time. <clears throat> the Bears and the Washington Cadets get, uh, yeah, the Bear Cubs versus the Washington Cadets. Oh, and I don't mean the 2016 Cubs either. No, this is the Bear Cubs and the Cadets. 12-7. to 7. Excellent. Exquisite Thursday night football. You know, there have been some great Thursday night matchups, Miami-Cincinnati, and then that got buzz-killed with what happened to, to Tua. Absolutely took the mind, took everything off of football and changed it over to concussion conversation again, which is completely understandable. It's just freaking depressing and sad that it happened. Um, but luckily, Tua is going to be playing again very soon, soon as next week. Uh, and then you get games like this, and it's like, hmm, I'm not a Thursday night football basher. I think it's cool that there's Thursday night football, but it does suck to see these kind of matchups 
yet back in the day, see, like if this is 1986, this is this is kick-ass football. 1985, 1987, 1984, 1988. This is kick-ass football right here. <laughs> the Redskins, which is what they were at the time, so don't tear my head off for saying that. And the Chicago Bears, they were the real thing. Now they're the Cadets and the Bear Cubs. And it's like Yowzer. Twelve to seven. I mean, what more is there to say? The Bears are awful now. They started the season really well, actually, for a couple minutes. And I kind of and you looked at the Giants and the Bears, both of them winning games by a little bit. But hey, but they won. But they won, and wow, they're actually they've actually won two games already. That's crazy. Gosh, last year the 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 Giants won like four games, right, or something like that. It's like dang, they 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 they've already got two wins, huh? Well, they're five and one. The Bears just stopped winning. <laughs> the Bears just stopped winning. They they can't even beat the Washington uh, Cadets, and uh, the the Cadets are two and four. They just got a tiebreaker on the Bears. That's how bad the Cadets are, and it's sad. Washington Cadets, the Washington Privates. That's the thing, is it? When come Commanders, it's the Navy, right? Yeah, they're not Navy colors. They're, I don't know. There's something else. It, I like the color scheme. I like the logo. I do. It's, it's pretty cool. It blends really nice on the helmet. It's got that old school vibe, which it should, because the Washington Redskins slash cadets slash football, okay, what slash commanders, you know, are a very, 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 very old franchise. So go ahead and stay old school. I love it. Carson Wentz didn't throw it for a single touchdown, and he threw for 99 yards on the entire day. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Justin Fields doubled that. 190 yards. He had a turnover. Threw for a couple more passes, but was as inefficient as ever. But he did run for 80, 88 yards, though, and he had a 39-yard scamper. Did not get in the end zone. Khalil Herbert ran for 64 yards on a single play, and other than that, he was stopped insanely bad on six plays. Like, basically nothing. Like a yard per play or something like that, or like a 1.5. David Montgomery was adequate. With 67 yards and 15 carries. Dante Pettis, who almost destroyed us a couple times in that game. <laughs> Feels like three weeks ago already. Uh, Marset was targeted once in the game and no catch, so luckily for him he didn't get cut. And I hope he doesn't. I, I felt so bad for that guy, man. But you get the feeling they're going to avoid him now, the poor guy. Even though he's definitely talented, Marset. So I liked him last year and I thought he was going to take a step forward this year. Then all of a sudden he gets cut at the last second and he's on the Bears now and stuff. Washington's defense actually very good. How many sacks in today's game? Five sacks. That's that's good. It's not great. It's good though. Bears only had two from uh, Alquette and Muhammad and Raquan Smith. Okay, very familiar name there. Washington obviously coached well defensively, but Ron Rivera and Washington has not been a good combination other than, again, that's a good defense, but I mean, Carson Wentz ain't the answer. Carson Wentz, this I think is it, man. I think he's going to be one of those backups now after this. One of those backup quarterbacks who was once a highly touted guy. Like, remember Rick Meyer, how highly touted he was? What was he, like the number two pick in the draft? Number one pick in the draft years ago? And five, six years later, backup quarterback for the rest of time. And played maybe once in a blue moon. Was out there for victory formation or something. Maybe kneel down a couple times wrap things up or hand the ball off, you know, on a, on a drive when you're up by 30 or down by 30, stuff like that. That's probably going to be Carson Wentz's role by next year or even by later this year. But um, Carson Wentz's future is gone. He's not a starting quarterback anymore. 
Justin Fields, we'll see. He certainly got that ability to take off and turn the Jets on. I, I like what Justin Fields can do there. Um, if not for, you know, <laughs> uh, what's his name? S I S M. If not for Amir Smith Marset's uh, block in the back last week, it would have been a Michael Vick like explosion at the end zone for Justin Fields, showing that uh, being able to turn on the Jets. But uh, there's something there with Justin Fields. I wouldn't give up on him if I was Chicago. If I'm the Commanders, I'm done with Carson Wentz at the end of the year or even sooner, depending on what other options they have in Washington. Um, if it's, yeah, if it's that one guy, yay. <laughs> that one guy that Minnesota used to have years ago. <laughs> it's like, yay. Yep, Taylor Heineke. That's who I thought. Well, he could be a placeholder, I suppose, for a couple minutes. For He was better last year. I mean, he threw for almost 3,500 yards, didn't he? 20 touchdowns, Taylor Heineke. I'd probably rather have him than uh, Carson Wentz at this point, and I'm sure a lot of people have been saying that in Washington fan line, vent line, and whatever the heck you might call it. Let's talk about the Packers instead now, and the New York Jets turning on the Jets and flying high. J-T- J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Damn. Wow. This was in Lambeau Field, by the way, folks. The coolest uniforms, if not the if not the, the coolest uniforms in the NFL, maybe the second coolest uniforms in the NFL, the New York Jets. Beautiful helmets, uniforms. I like their green ones more, though, than their white jerseys, but their road whites and all that. But whatever it is, New York versus Green Bay is a loss for the Packers. The Giants knocked the Packers out twice in huge, huge playoff games and wrote Super Bowl championships. And now the New York Jets knocked the Packers out big time. New York Jets are now a very good team all of a sudden. Their defense has gotten much and much better. The former Kansas City defensive or San Francisco defensive coordinator is their head coach and it's starting to pay some dividends now. 27 to 10 in Lambeau Field. The Packers are 3 and 3. They are two games including a tiebreaker behind the Minnesota Vikings. So it's almost like three games now, which is crazy because well, anytime you play a division team and you win or lose to them, it's just crucial. It changes everything. Home field advantage can be stripped away from you for the rest of the season, early in the season when things like that happen. Even if you have a great season like the 13-3 and Vikings, no home field advantage. God, losing to the frickin' Bears in 2009, inexcusable. Crap. Stupid. Devin Aroma should do as the game of his life. Uh, I'm not bitter at all. Let's get back to the Jets and Green Bay Packers. The Jets are 4-2, and two, and unfortunately for them, they're not in first place either because the AFC East has teams like freaking Buffalo. So, yeah, <laughs> they have teams like Buffalo. So, it's going to be competition. But watch out for the New York Jets. I'm really happy to see them do well because that has been a scrap heap in the NFL for years. New York Jets have been an absolute scrap heap for years. I hope it's not a one, uh, another one of those little head fakes, little pop-ups where it seems like every year the Vikings do well, super-duper well, the Jets pop up, don't they? 98 Vikings, the New York Jets were in the AFC Championship game. 2009 Vikings, the New York Jets were in the AFC Championship game. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. It's, it's happening again. A team with a good defense and a nice, solid young quarterback. Watch out. Maybe the New York Jets are on their way to another interesting run here. We'll have to wait and see. Zach Wilson, nothing special today, but took care of the football. Aaron Rodgers, there's just not a whole lot to get excited about. And to think that the Packers are dropping off this much in Aaron Rodgers' first year with that new gigantic contract that goes on for a while. Green Bay, you freaking blew it when you had a chance to take a receiver. 
I mean, seriously. And you could have had him at like a reasonable price for a while. Instead, you take Jordan Love. I mean, it's like, make up your mind, Green Bay. Like, what the hell were you freaking thinking? Taking Jordan Love. It, just throw in this soundbite. It's just, like, what were they thinking? It's just fascinating to look back at these drafts. I mean, you know, and look at what could have been and all that. And right before, maybe this is why they took Jordan Love, because the 49ers at 25th, one pick ahead of Green, of 26th of Green Bay. Brandon Ayuk, wouldn't that have been nice with Green Bay? Jordan Love goes to the Packers, but then you get two unbelievably good receivers. Well, not unbelievably, but very good wide receivers at the beginning of round two. T. Higgins to Cincinnati, valuable guy. Michael Bibbin Jr. to Indianapolis is pretty good. Pretty damn good. Imagine either one of them with Green Bay, even with Devontae Adams. Well, maybe Rodgers wouldn't have thrown to just Devontae Adams in the conference final last year. You know, they ended up losing again, or no, in the second round. It wasn't the conference final. Second round. Apologize there when the 49ers uh, shut them down real bad in that game. Brandon Ayuk, who maybe could have been a Packer, or but that just didn't happen. And Jefferson, Denzel Mims, I don't know. Well, he's with the Jets. That's just interesting. Antonio Gibson, yeah, he's a good one with the Redskins at the time. It still says Redskins there. Interesting. It's, oh, yeah, I suppose. Weren't they the Washington football team by then? I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not that offended. Maybe somebody else is, unfortunately. Because I'm just such a terrible guy, right? I don't know. I, I guess I am. I'm babbling too much. But bottom line, if you're going to sign Aaron Rodgers for long term, uh, and Jordan Love is far from any guarantee. If it's clearly like a, a valuable guy, like when Aaron Rodgers slid to uh, slipped to the Packers, even though Favre was still the main dog for a while, that's okay. It's kind of okay. It, it did probably, <laughs> you know, it well it helped Rodgers anyway to see what to do, what not to do, the good things that Favre did, the bad things that Favre did, and so on and so forth. But I don't know. Rodgers just doesn't have a whole lot of weapons that he would like. Obviously, in the running game, there's weapons. Alan Lazard is good. He loves Randall Cobb, but one target, eight yards, one catch, one target, one catch, eight yards. Like, seriously. Wah, frickin' who? Robert Tanyan, who's that? 90 yards. Alan Lazard, he's dangerous sometimes, but he's not that great. He's, he's okay. So, again, it would have been nice. Robert Tanyan's the tight end, yes, I know. But, well, he was an undrafted player. He's been, you know, but, you know he's, he's been there for a few years. I know Robert Tanyan is. I'm just bullcrapping. He did have a great season a few years back, but that was then. In the last couple of years, Tanyan hasn't been so great. He's been slowed by injuries. Tanyan did have 11 touchdowns in 2020. Yeah, that is really damn good. But, again, <laughs> Robert Tanyan, I know. Who's that? Yeah, I know. He's the tight end. I'm just screwing with you. But at the same time, it's like... You know, compared to Devontae Adams, Robert Tanyan, who's that? You know, so congratulations, New York Jets. You're continuing to look like a, a nice football team and hope they can keep it up. Hope they can keep it up. It's going to be interesting to see how things turn out with Buffalo, Cincinnati, New York Jets, teams like that in the AFC. Don't want to see the Chiefs go all the way because they've, they've had their chances. You don't want to see it last forever. A couple of sacks for Quinn and Williams of the Jets. But again, isn't that an interesting, like, urban legend? That's going to be the urban legend of the day. Every time the Vikings start getting super good, the Jets suddenly pop up out of nowhere. They have, like, one really good year at the very least. Maybe it'll be, uh, maybe this one will be more, you know, 
this one will have more staying power in the future for the Jets, but uh, we'll see. We shall see indeed. And of course, magically, the stupid Eagles are good again, too. The last time the Vikings were really, really good, the Eagles were waiting for us in Philly. That was great. That turned out wonderfully, didn't it? Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings' history with the Arizona Cardinals. They lost today to the Seattle Sea Chickens, or Sea Tweety Birds. I don't know. They're not real good. And neither is uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They're in last place, like they used to be forever. At the end of Carson Palmer's career, when everything went completely down the you-know-what, they started going down real hard. Um, Sam Bradford, a quarterback, they went down real hard. And then they got this great, great, great quarterback, Kyler Murray, and everything's going to be okay, and my God, they look good. And I fell for it, too. Damn it, they suck again. It's too bad. 19-9, Seattle wins. They're 500, woohoo, in the mediocre NFC West. There's three, three and three teams in the NFC West. Pick up the ball, damn it. Sorry, I got distracted. Who well, at least they kept him at third. And runner on second and third. Come on now. What is this? The sixth inning already. Yankees lead by Una. All right, anyhow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm distracted. Geno Smith continues to play, to play well. You know, against mediocre to bad teams. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't throw a touchdown, but he threw for 200 yards and was efficient. Kyler Murray was not that great. He threw for 200 yards and threw an interception and ran for 100 yards. Good for him, but he also fumbled the ball. Interception and fumble and no score for Kyler Murray on either side of the equation. Didn't get the ball to anyone and didn't run it in himself either. Zach Ertz, former Eagle, who I thought was past his prime about five years ago, with 70 yards. Good for him. Good for him. Um, that's that's great. Noah Fant was fantastic, sorry, with 45 yards. It's not that great. Kenneth Walker the third got in the end zone with 97 yards against the Arizona Cardinals. So once again, I think Delvin Cook, will will Delvin Cook ever get to the century mark? Is, is he going to get there? Come on, Delvin, you got to get to the century mark. He didn't do it today either. Delvin Cook has lost a step or a half a step or something like that. Good, he caught it. Nah, shoot. That's an easy tag and score. Damn it. Well, Yankees are up again. Of course, by the time you're listening to this, maybe the game has long been over, depending on when the thing pops up and how long this game lasts. I don't think it's going to take 18 innings for this one to end. <clears throat> Freaking Seattle couldn't win a single game against Houston. The dirty, hated, cheating Houston Astros took 18 innings <laughs> Eighteen innings the other night. I think that was just last night. It's just crazy. It was like an afternoon game that lasted until like 11 p.m. or something. I would hate to be a fan at that game. Oh, and then you lose. Crazy, man. That would be lame. Sauce. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Sorry. Um, J.J. Watt did not get a sack today. Marcus Golden did. Zavin Collins with a couple of sacks. Cameron Thomas with a sack. Majai Sanders also with a sack for Arizona. Obviously a team with some talented players. Individual talented players. But it, things are not going well with the Arizona Cardinals. That's just a flat-out fact. This one will be another nooner for the Minnesota Vikings, hosting the Arizona Cardinals going forward. The all-time record, Minnesota leads 17-12-0. 17-12-0, no ties between these clubs historically. The Arizona Cardinals, as the, known as the St. Louis Cardinals, go all the way back to 1963 versus Minnesota. They absolutely stomped and destroyed the Minnesota Vikings the first meeting, 56-14 in 1963, October 6th. 
Four years and two days later, the Cardinals beat the Vikings again by 10 in 1967. An improving Viking team with St. Louis Cardinals showed up to play. But you didn't hear about the St. Louis Cardinals in the 60s and 70s a whole lot, did you? Unfortunately, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. 34 to 24, October the 8th, 1967. The 69 Vikings, the NFC slash NFL champion Vikings that lost the Super Bowl to the frickin' Chiefs. 27 to 10, a great Viking team. Got the job done there. 72, Cardinals beat the Vikings again. They were up three games to one in that series. 1972 is a pretty good Viking team, but not great. They didn't go to the Super Bowl. Lost by two to the Cardinals in Met Stadium. Vikings then finally started winning a couple games. Uh, beat the Cardinals by only four points in 74. And the playoff game with Minnesota and the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, 30-14, to is the Minnesota Vikings history versus the Arizona Cardinals ended up being pretty promising. <laughs> At least we won a couple of playoff games versus the St. Louis and Arizona Cardinals. Yep, two, only two playoff games. Vikings 2-0, and of course. We'll get back to that 1998 season, but 99 day. Vikings then would lose four in a row to the Cardinals as the Vikings were struggling a bit in 77. Tommy Kramer was a rookie. Targeting had a broken leg. Cardinals beat the Vikings 27-7 to in Met Stadium. Cardinals then beat the Vikings... In 1979, 37-7. What the heck? That's awful. Awful. 81 Vikings lost to the Cardinals. They had some struggles that year. The uh, final year in the in Met Stadium. Whew, seemed like we played them in November, October. Almost always October with this team, except in the playoffs. But yeah, four years in a row we lost. 30-17. to 41-31, the awful 83 Vikings. 41-31. to Cardinals beat us, beat us. There were three games in a row in St. Louis. Then the Vikings said, enough! Eight years later. Eight years. I don't know I don't know why there was such a long gap between the Vikings and the Cardinals. And at that point, they were the Phoenix Cardinals. They moved to Phoenix in 1987, right? Um, I don't remember the St. Louis Cardinals as the St. Louis Cardinals. They looked pretty much like the same team. And then when they first moved to Phoenix, they had kind of a different look. It was kind of cool. And then they became they were the Phoenix Cardinals. I kind of like it. And then they kind of took on the classic look the last several years of this more red, 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 which is okay. Um, Phoenix Cardinals, the Vikings crushed them in 91, 34-7, a mediocre Viking team. We played the Cardinals again that year. In fact, back-to-back weeks. I'm not sure what the real reason was for that, and I apologize. Maybe we were in the same division that year. I'm confused. I've never seen that happen. Maybe because we were making up for lost time. But uh, this was right before I became a full-time Viking fan. So I apologize for my ignorance. If somebody can explain to me what happened here and why the Vikings and the uh, Phoenix Cardinals at the time, <laughs> Phoenix Cardinals, played two weeks apart in 1991. Anybody anybody have an explanation other than they hadn't played in eight years? Maybe it was some kind of strange makeup. One was in Minnesota, one or one was in Minneapolis, one was in Phoenix. That's really weird. That's weird. Maybe it was 87 or something we were supposed to play and a game got canceled because of a strike or something. But weren't there replacement players that year? Or maybe a game got canceled and we redid it. The math would be accurate because four years, four years. So maybe that's what it is? It, it, anyone out there? Can you... Can you, can you, can you uh, am I right? Am I wrong? Because that's when the math started. Yeah, it was like four years, 83 to 87, and then 87 to 91. That's four years each time. Four years or three years. 
And it, sometimes it's just random. You play the same NFC team more often than others. Sometimes like Seattle, 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 like every year. Dallas all the time with the Vikings. Um, and, then, and then sometimes there's a nice long break. But it just kind of depends. And now with 17 games, it's even weirder. Arizona then beat the Vikings in 94. Oh, God, I was mad at that game. I still remember that one. Warren Moon and Chloe, we were all excited about that team. And then losing to Arizona, it was just like... Really, guys? We only mustered seven frickin' points. That was one of the huge disappointments. Uh, okay, I still can't believe it. I'm kind of curious about that one. Like, what the heck happened? We only mustered seven frickin' points. That was the trap game. Oh, yes, that's right. Arizona was a winless team. And we went there and like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then we sat on our butts and got our butts kicked by Jace Raider, the former Raider. Jace Raider, the former Raider. Huh? Isn't that cool? <laughs> a couple of interceptions. Yeah, Moon stunk in that game, I remember. Yep, I'm starting to get the memory back from that one. And I remember that awful feeling where this un, uh, this, this winless team made us look stupid. Oh, God help me. Cadre Ismail had four returns for 116 yards. Whew, didn't get in the end zone, but that's some nice, nice returns. Mike Saxon was awesome. Huh. He was great. Yep, I remember Mike Saxon pretty well. Former Cowboy punter. Father Vez missed both of his kicks. God. Missed from 30 and 47. Mm, Vincey Glenn. Oh, Vincey Glenn, pardon me. Strong safety. Remember Vincey Glenn? Yeah. He was good. I really liked him. That was like right before guys like uh, Robert. I am blanking and I'm so stupid right now. Robert Griffin, yeah, Robert Griffin, like RG3, Robert Griffin, yep. Oh, he was an awesome strong safety for the Minnesota Vikings, yep. Vincey Glenn, I, I liked him, he had that, kind of that, yeah, he had that sunglass thing. Yep, let's just keep going, I apologize. I'm just, I'm starting to get into memory lane again. Then the Vikings won, what, five years in a row, five games in a row. 95, the Vikings beat the Cardinals by a small margin. Very talented Viking team that year, with the points anyway. The defense sucked, but boy, we scored a lot. 96, Brad Johnson and co. And then ended up being Cunningham much later when Johnson got hurt. 41-17, to 17, impressive. Was it uh, was it Brad Johnson or was it Cunningham? Yeah, it was Brad Johnson. Yep, he was excellent. Four touchdowns and no interceptions. Boomer Esiason, yep, he was the quarterback of the Cardinals then and it was just a bad day. Cardinals just stomped on that team pretty good. 96, Vikes. Yeah, 96, Cunningham wasn't here yet. I'm stupid. 96 was all Brad Johnson. We ended up making the playoffs by the skin of our teeth and got killed by the Cowboys. 97, the Vikings beat the Cardinals by the skin of our teeth. 20-19, to 19, what the heck is that crap? Yeah, I remember thinking, like, what the hell? Yeah, Ken Graham. God, he was tough. I remember that game. I do. Ken Graham was tough, man. He was good. Gave us a hell of a time in that game. Um, gosh. And then we played them in the playoffs, beat them comfortably by 20 points with uh, a young Jay Cutler, uh, not Jay Cutler, what was his name again? Jake Plummer, that's what it was. Threw a couple of INTs in that game. He had a couple of great plays, but ultimately the Vikings went comfortably with Randall Cunningham, of course. He did throw an interception in the game, but again, a solid day. And I think that was their only win in the playoffs with that 98 Vikes, January 10th. Hubert H. Humphrey, Metrodome. Vikings went comfortably over a Cardinals team. And then we knew we had to play a 14-2 Falcons club for some strange reason that year. It happened only once. Instead of having the Pro Bowl, 
in between the division round. No, no, no. I'm crazy. Instead of, uh, yeah, instead of having the Pro Bowl in between the conference final and the Super Bowl and everything, they took the week off that week. So stupid before the NFC title game. It's supposed to be in between the Super Bowl. So instead it was like NFC Championship game, Super Bowl, back-to-back weeks. It was the stupidest, stupidest thing ever. I can't believe they made us wait two weeks. I think that iced the Vikings a little bit, and it's also on the Vikings' their own fault for losing that game. But still, I better keep moving. Bad memory there. Vikings beat the Cardinals 31-14 in 2000. Excellent Viking club that year. Oh three, the Vikings had the uh, the infamous no no. The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs in 03. Yep, that's the famous Nathan Pool catch. Yep, that was amazing. Josh McCown with no time remaining. It was a walk off win for the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, wow. <laughs> and then they just uh, kneeled down because why go for two? Or the game is over. You know, I mean, and why kick an extra point? They just did it out of respect. Yeah, Cardinals walked off on the Vikings. Nate Poole from 28 yards out. Big play. They had to score a touchdown to win the game. It felt like it was further down the field. Didn't it? Didn't it feel like it was like 50 yards? It was only 28 yards. Weird. Cardinals knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Josh McNown. Josh McCown. Yep, he played. Yeah, that guy is crazy. He played forever, didn't he? Mm, that's funny. Yep. <laughs> Vikings then beat the Cardinals in 06 pretty comfortably. Well, not comfortably, but we beat them. It was one of our rare wins that year because we stunk. Uh, 08, the Vikings were a lot better and won comfortably 35-14. to 09, one of the infamous, infamous losses of the year at the beginning of uh, December as the Vikings lost a couple games to Carolina and Arizona and then ultimately Chicago. December was a terrible month for that club. The 9 Vikings could have been 14-2 and two and had home field advantage and won it all that year, but guess what? E.J. Henderson had a broken femur. Just a depressing day against this Arizona club. One of my all-time favorites, Anquan Bolden. Kurt Warner with Arizona. He was wonderful. Mm, just wonderful. Um, but nothing really went well for the Vikings on this day. Favre had a couple of INTs. And again, the interception, or excuse me, the, the terrible injury to E.J. Henderson was heartbreaking. Broke my heart. Medea Williams, that's who it was, went right into E.J. Henderson's knee, or excuse me, uh, thigh, and ultimately broke the guy's femur, and he was never the same again after that. He could still play, but not really. It was so sad. So sad. 2010, Vikings won by the skin of their teeth, a miracle comeback. I thought Childress was going to, I thought the Vikings were going to lose that game, and Childress was going to be fired, but the Vikings came roaring back and beat a terrible Arizona team. Childress kept his job for some stinking reason. 2011, the Vikings had a rare win, crushing the Cardinals. I think that was their first win of the year, actually. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yep, finally won a game. We started 0-4 that year with Donovan McSuck as quarterback. Donovan McGarbage. I don't know. He was terrible. Was he still the quarterback that week? Yes, he was. He completed 10 whole passes. 10. Adrian Peterson ran for three touchdowns. That's why he won the game. Let's continue. I'm going on way too long. Vikings then beat the Cardinals 21-14 in 2012. Lost to the Cardinals. Yep, Teddy Bridgewater was uh, strip-sacked in 2015. Beat the Vikings. Vikings were trying to get something there at the end. And, yep, play, plays like that where they had Bridgewater, you know, where they made the play drag out so long and it led to that are probably what uh, helped uh, the, the relationship between Zimmer and Norv Turner deteriorate. It was moments like that, I think, that helped cause that. 
Vikings beat the Cardinals in 2016, 30-24 to, to kind of stay alive for playoff uh, hopes after dropping up the face of the earth after a phenomenal 5-0 start. The Vikings somehow missed the, see, missed the playoffs. Same thing in 2018. Vikings lose to the Cardinals 34-33. A missed kick by Greg Joseph, which would have been a walk-off win. Instead, it was a walk-off loss as Greg Joseph missed it. And now he played the Cardinals again, which I think will be a win. It should be. The Vikings absolutely should beat this uh, Arizona Cardinals team in two weeks, which would then put the Vikings at 6-1 and one on the year. They look like a team that you can run on. And I keep saying this every freaking week. And then every freaking week, the other team is uh, actually has a pretty damn good pass defense. But Arizona, I mean, the vibe isn't good there. It just feels like nobody's happy right now in Arizona. It's kind of sad, but that's kind of how it goes at the end of the day. When it comes to Arizona's pass defense, they're kind of middle of the pack or slightly below, I would say. They're giving up 248 yards a game in pass defense. This is through, you know, week five. Rush defense, and unfortunately, yes, it doesn't count today's game. Rush defense, they're actually pretty good against the run, so they're probably more likely to go against, uh, <laughs> even though it was, a, it was a decent day for the Seattle running back, about 90 yards, and that's about what they allow, 97 yards a game, which is actually fifth in the NFL, and they do have a really good defensive line, of course, so I'm an idiot to even say that. <laughs> so there's obviously... A solid defense in Arizona in the running game. At the end of the day, you're looking at more like something. You're, you're looking at more of an aerial attack. I gotta think. And Justin Jefferson gonna get another hundred plus yard day. Maybe you can get KJ Osborne going. Adam Thielen drawing penalties. The Vikings should be able to beat the Arizona Cardinals. I gotta think reasonably well. Again, again, I apologize if I drag out the history a little too long. If, if you like it, let me know. I know some of you love it. Some of you might be thinking that Joey drags this, drags this out too long, and I deeply apologize. An update, too. Philadelphia's crushing Dallas suddenly, 17 to nothing. It's just crazy. So Philadelphia's going to win that division comfortably, it looks like. Oof. Yeah, because I'm more concentrating on the baseball game at the moment. San Francisco's got the best run defense in the NFL, along with Buffalo. They're keeping guys under 70, under 80 yards a, a game. Gosh, San Francisco's got a great run defense. Um Arizona does have one of the best, and it makes sense. Great defensive line. So I do expect more of an aerial attack, but they will. it will be a balanced attack enough. It's not like you're not going to give the ball to Delvin Cook, but I'm doubting he's going to get a 50-yard scamper to pay dirt. And if he does, good for him, you know, because that'd be a big accomplishment considering uh, Arizona's done a pretty good job against the run this year. So all major respect to what they've done there. Even though they're just they've had a crappy season and the quarterback situation is not what they were hoping when they took Kyler Murray number one overall. He's been a massive disappointment. Surely has athletic ability. He's he can also complete some passes. There's something there, but he's just it sounds like he's just not serious enough. He's more interested in video games and stuff. It sounds like Andrew Wiggins who went number one overall to the Wolves years ago and finally got focused and became a nice complimentary star for the uh Golden State Warriors, much to my chagrin, because if you listen to Timberwolves Explosion, you'll know I'm not a Warriors fan at all. Um, but I do believe the Vikings should win this football game. Kirk Cousins will throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, so those are classic numbers there. Uh, KJ Osborne's going to get back in the end zone. I think he gets 70 yards and a touchdown. What do you think of that? 70 yards and a touchdown. That's my little write that down for the week, you can say. Write that down prediction. KJ Osborne eclipses 70 yards, well, at least reaches 70 and scores at least one touchdown. 
at the end of the day. With that said, so if he scores two, I still win. <laughs> if he scores none, I lost. If he gets 69 yards, I lost. Kind of like Dalvin Cook with 94 yards the other day. I lost. He had the two touchdowns, but that's the deal. Um, Cardinals, their defense is not bad. It really isn't. They're, again, middle-of-the-road pass defense, slightly below average, great run defense, fifth in the league. Um, and it's not like Seattle ran all over them today. They did good. Give them credit. They did good. Kenneth Walker third had 97 yards, you know, and Geno Smith, but he's a mobile quarterback. That's slightly different. That's actually one of the probably about as good a day as you're going to get against Arizona's run defense. That's actually quite a few rushing yards, about 145. So that's pretty good. But then there was a minus 10 for Michael Dixon, so that's 135. And then you had one yard from somebody named DJ Dallas, so 136. Terrific. Okay, so 136. Still more than what they've given up. Um, <laughs> Vikings will win the football game again. I'm not going to pick a high score anymore. Final score of 24 to 24 to 14. Vikings win by 10 over the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not picking a high score. But Kirk Cousins will throw for three touchdowns. Delvin Cook will not score a touchdown. All three of them will be from Kirk Cousins to, you know, KJ Osborne will be one of them. Probably Jefferson, maybe Thielen, maybe Irv Smith again. We'll see. Uh, maybe Munt will get a touchdown. Jefferson will get at least one, and I think KJ Osborne will get at least one. With that, we'll take a quick break, and let's get to what you guys had to say. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, Fan Interaction segment. Of course, you're hearing my voice and not Mad Martin's voice this week. Unfortunately, didn't call in, but at least you'll hear from him on Twitter. Miss you, Mad Martin. Dave Martin, hopefully you're able to call in again soon. Hopefully as soon as, uh, hopefully as soon as uh, for next week's show at the very least. In the next day or two, as you often do. Uh, love to hear from me again, Mad Martin, of course. You know, I'm a gigantic fan of yours. Um, but, again, you'll hear from him a, a bit more on Twitter today. So that's cool. So he kind of makes up for it with that, for sure. Uh, let's see. Trying to look at the most recent retweets. Yep. At Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. And also recommending you to click on the links in the show description. Crypto.com. That can uh, put $25 in a brand new Crypto.com account if you want to trade cryptocurrency, which is active 24-7, 365 or 366 if it's leap year, which is two years from now, next time. Yep, you can trade cryptocurrency anytime, any place, and it's 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 enjoyable. I enjoy doing it. Uh, I've been kind of holding steady with uh, Shiba lately, hoping for the best with that one. Um, you can catch on a new little trends, get in, get out, make a couple quick bucks. That would be cool to do that. I really enjoy it. And again, $25 gets thrown into your account right away, so pretty cool and the fees are insanely cheap tiny percentage also again Vigit. if you join Vigit, that's a fun trading uh or that's a fun uh fantasy betting app basically type in paladino live paladino live for a referral it's very enjoyable and you can bet free coins and win real prizes for that one do join up with those two apps if you could It'd be really cool Vigit v-i-g-i-t with that one lakers pies browns that is vince vince germano out of australia and tanae brown out of new zealand 
both supporting the show with the retweet. Thank you guys so very much. Episode 380, Dantzler Steals the Show. Today the Smiths showed up to play. I think that's the title. We'll see. if Maybe I'll blank at the last second and come up with something else. Because I'm weird like that, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> also retweeted by Malcolm McSween out of California. Thank you so much, Malcolm. And Justin, Justin in Rochester has returned. Justin Day. Awesome. I'm not sure if... Uh, hopefully it'd be nice to hear from you again, just in case you're listening. But... Uh, yep, he's he's a huge uh, Mackie and Judd fan, Purple Daily fan. He recently went on the show. Just in case Justin Day's listening, Justin in Rochester, cool guy. I missed hearing from you. I think he got sick of my uh, <laughs> my political opinions at times, so I don't blame you. I understand. I'm trying not to say too much lately, so <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, obviously, again, and you know what? Yeah, sometimes it's better to just stay off the politics as much possible. I can't help it, except for on certain a certain podcast, which is a lot of fun. And those of you that comment there, really appreciate it. And I'll leave that alone from now. for now. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says, What a poor start from the offense. So yes, Mark Carlson, really appreciate your commenting there. And we're going to get to that one soon. Don't worry. Don't worry. Mark Carlson, shout out and wink wink to you there with that other podcast. Mad Martin says, What a poor start from the offense. Yeah, it was horse crap, wasn't it? About half of the game. It was just garbage. And then there's a little couple moments, and then it sucks again. Then it's really good again, so that was terrible. Um, one other quick thing. Apparently, Phil Mackey. I don't know him personally. Sometimes I wasn't the biggest fan of his and all that. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Apparently, he lost his dad this morning to cancer, so sad, very sad. So uh, kind of like Flip Saunders going out quietly on a Sunday morning like that, suddenly. It's kind of sad, like you know, similar like that. So that brought back that memory and in, in October and everything. So very, very sad. I'm really sorry to hear that, Phil Mackey. He says, lost my amazing dad this morning to cancer. He was a kind, unselfish, wise man who, after overcoming his own life adversity, spent decades helping others receive, uh, excuse me, recover from alcohol plus substance abuse and some of his quotes of wisdom and all that. So all respect to Phil Mackey. Uh, we will give uh, Mr. Mackey, Phil Mackey's father, a moment of silence. Uh, all respect and God bless you, Phil Mackey, and your family. Uh, he lost his mother not too long ago either, Phil Mackey. So very sad. Lost his mother also. So Phil Mackey, uh, yep, God bless you, man. I, I, I feel for you. Again, Mad Martin says, what a poor start from the offense. And then uh, this is prime. How can the Vikings disappoint me territory? Hell's bells. It really was, wasn't it? And I was responding with, yep, definition of a trap game. Luckily, they're playing Luckily, they're playing with an IQ of 79 over in Miami right now. Matt Martin says, not sure I call this playing. The Zebras are saving us currently. Yeah, yeah, but Miami was just playing like crap. Yeah, and again, the Zebras were saving us, thankfully, as Miami kept uh, making dumb mistakes and stupid penalties and holding. Um, what was he responding to when I said embarrassing is an understatement? Yeah, I said Miami offensive line is killing them suddenly. Otherwise, we'd be losing this game already. Offense is embarrassing, and defense sucks too so far. Mad Martin says, uh, embarrassing is an understatement. Yep, that's where he was replying. So I apologize there. Yep. Mad Martin says, did our offense even get off the plane? Yeah, it felt like it, didn't it? Uh, Mad Martin says, we got points. Yep, that was the field goal. With these stats, Miami is down 10, oh, 10 to 3 at halftime. With, like, half the team injured. Yeah, think about it. Twice the time of possession. Vikings with 12 yards rushing and 88 passing. How are we winning? And he was laughing his ass off, basically. With, uh, you know, the laughing emojis. Um, continues. 
saying the entire NFC North has scored 20 points total this week so far. The Packers and Vikings have one quarter to go. Isn't that something? And luckily the Vikings put up some points in that fourth quarter. Oh, thankfully they did. Yes, but uh, very good stat there, Mad Martin. That's very true. DD has done its job today, says Mad Martin. Yeah, they, I had to make absolute damn sure that defensive players were in the Fran Targeting Award this week. They earned it, dang it. They they were they really did. Uh, Mad Martin five says five and one sounds good. That first half was bloody horrible to watch, but a win's a win, and we match on. Yes, we do. Two weeks or yeah, two weeks from now we play the Arizona Cardinals in bye week. Denny Brown liked when I said uh, I was saying they up. Thankfully, th- things finally took a turn for the better. But my goodness, that was pretty ugly for a long time. It truly was. That's the Twitter account. Let's get to Facebook. The most recent show. Thank you so much. Mark Carlson says, that was a great call-in. Yep, Mad Martin. Yep, that was a great call-in. I could imagine myself in the pub before the game with Mad Martin and joining the fans marching to the stadium. Skull, that podcast, that that the podcast allows us all to interact makes the show so much fun to listen to. Isn't it true, though? I mean, fan interaction is awesome, isn't it? Isn't it awesome? Yeah, Mad Martin again. Thank you so much. And that's that's why it's like maybe he took the week off. He figured, you know what? I, I turned in maybe two or three weeks worth of 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 a great call-in last week. It was so good. It's worth about two or three weeks worth of it. So, yeah, I mean, it's that was so good, Mad Martin. Thank you so much. And please never stop. And I'm saying that with full sincerity. Please never stop. You know, I mean, hearing a football maven, football wonk, as Dan Burrow says, wonk, like in the know. That's what that's what it means. Uh, a man that's in the know, uh, voices opinion and and do such a good job of of going about it. I mean, it's awesome. Okay, so yep, four time Pro Bowlers breaks silence on his return to the NFL. This is Everson Griffin, longtime Viking star. Apparently, yep, and as I was reading the article, apparently Everson Griffin is bipolar. So I mean, usually people that go through a lot of ups and downs, depressions, it is a bipolar thing. And he said it started with the death of his, uh, the death of his mother. So that was that he was in a very dark place, and that's an interesting topic for let's just say a freedom of thought podcast. An interesting topic where, when you talk about going to a dark place and then suddenly you become bipolar, it's interesting. It's it's very interesting, and I'm not trying to make. Of course, I'm not trying to make light out of it. It's it, it's actually extremely scary. Um, and it's definitely not ripping on Everson Griffin at all. No, it's not your fault, Everson. Believe me. And uh, God bless you, Everson. You know, I mean, he needs a lot of prayer and a lot of support. And he appreciates a lot of people that have supported him over the course of time. And, you know, God God bless you, Everson. He was a hell of a player. Sounds like a good guy that went through a lot, you know. And, for, you know, it's been, you know, a lot of people go through things and then, Crazy events change them, and it's just you know really horrible, sad things that happen. It can it can really mess up a person, and people need prayer and support. That's just the bottom line, as far as I'm concerned. Tene uh, Brown says, "Good on him focusing. Good on him for focusing on himself and his mental health." Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So thought that you guys would like to at least get an update on that. As I was passing on the news, not breaking news, I was passing it on. Uh, credit, of course, goes to Heavy.com for that one. Interesting. Heavy.com. Sometimes you get those interesting articles that pop up when you start a Google search, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to click on this one, and I'm going to share it as well. Interesting. 
Here's the in-game thread. Let's keep moving here, if humanly possible. Thank you for the share for the person that did. Come on. Just go to the comments, please. Okay. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, by the way, is the Facebook account, just in case I didn't get it there. And again, unfortunately, this is probably not going to be in chronological uh, order. I'd like it to be so, but I don't know if I can do that. Doesn't just doesn't set up that way. I was saying good second quarter at the very least. Safe to say our offense looks like horse bleep. Yep. Josh Mayor Henry out of Colorado. Welcome back, buddy. And I do believe he got at least a bronze star last week, if I remember correctly. I think it was a silver, actually. I hate how this team always makes backup quarterbacks look so good. God, yes. Dave Hickey responded out of Iowa. I know my son said the Vikings should handle the, the fans with a third-string quarterback. I said, hold on. The Vikes tend to get beat by backups a lot. Yeah, like Cooper Rush, who's losing right now. Cooper Rush of the Dallas Cowboys made us look pretty bad on Halloween last year. Um, and, yeah, the list goes on forever. The, uh, Jim Miller, I believe, was his name with the Bears years later. It was just an embarrassing loss to the Bears. Jim Miller was the guy's name. I mean, it's 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 gone on forever. Eddie Dalton, back up with the Cowboys. Made us look really bad a couple years back. Um... Oh, well, let's move on. Josh May Henry says, Dave Hickey, uh, I was responding to Dave Hickey saying, I picked them to lose in my weekly picks this week, and that definitely played a factor. Yeah. I actually, I think I picked the Vikings to lose this, this game. I think I did at the beginning of the season. I don't remember now. Maybe this is the one we won, the road game we actually won. I can't remember. I'll keep moving. Because I wasn't, I don't think I had the Vikings 5-1 and one right now. I think I had them 4-2. and two. So I was fairly optimistic, but one more loss. I had us losing to the Eagles, which was correct. I can't remember. I'm going to keep going. Josh Henry says, thanks God for all the penalties. Let's trade all the running backs away since they don't ever use them anymore. Cook has got to be getting super frustrated that he is not used in this current offense. And that's why they need to use him more. Yeah, I think so too. And next week, maybe. But, I mean, Arizona's got one of the best run defenses in the league. We'll see if that can work out. Last week, he did well against a really good Bears run defense also. So, we'll see what happens going into next week. Um, Mark says, I am confused. Do we have a great D or not? Tanae responds with, I'd say we have a bad defense, but a good fantasy team defense. They get sacks and picks, but can't seem to stop anyone. Yeah. Yep, they give up a lot of yards, but they get some of those sexy stats. Um, including the past deflections, too. But those don't usually show up in fantasy leagues. At least I don't think so. There's Mr. 62 home runs um, during the season. Aaron Judge finally got to 62. It took forever to get to that one. He was at 61 for like two weeks. And, ah, I finally got it. Yep. So probably a more honest uh, a more honest home run king, at least for single season numbers, versus uh, the other two guys, McGuire. Well, other three, McGuire, Sosa, and, of course, Barry Bonds hitting 73. Uh, a, a guy whose hat, whose hat size changed three sizes in his 30s. That makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, no, no, there, there, was, nothing, there was nothing going in his body that changed uh, his hat size. It was just, he's just got bigger, you know. He, just, he was just growing up a little more, he, you know, from 28 to 36. That's all. No, nothing, nothing changed. There was no chemical that, like, changed his body size or anything. No. <laughs> 73 home runs. Give me a break. Yes, he still has to make contact, but that extra power 
could turn a harmless fly into a home run, and that's what it did a couple times, I'm sure, during the course of those crazy seasons with McGuire and Bonds and, and Sosa. Anyhow, so but at least Aaron Judge got the honest 62 here. Um, if we find out he was cheating as well, God, that would suck. It's too bad he got started so damn late in his career. Oh, is that a home run? Eh, no, morning track. Nope, didn't quite get there either. Out. Out. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> talking about baseball again. It's it's October, okay? Dang it. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna talk about baseball sometimes. I hope you don't mind too much. Mark Carlson says they have holes today, but they can make big plays. They give up big plays. More popcorn and another beer, please. This doesn't seem like it will change. True. True. Dave Vicky says, man, what a turn of events for our side. Even though we're baking on the sidelines, we managed to get calls from the refs, the turnovers, and defensive struggles. We should win this game. Yep, it's hot as hell, right, in Miami. It, do you realize it was like 85 with a dew point of 69? God. And, jeez. And when you consider how chilly it is here right now, with you got the wind and all that, and wind chills in the 20s and stuff as we head into the evening. At least right now, it's going to be warmer next weekend. But it was 85 and and he do point a 69 in Miami. Jeez, it's a big difference. Still like you know, it's still like uh, you know, parts of August, parts of July, June here. Yep, it's still like that there. <laughs> it didn't let up at all. It's like that almost all year, and then suddenly, like maybe like January-ish, it'll cool down a bit finally for a couple of months, like two months or something. It'll be kind of like spring basically, like dew points more reasonable, and then here it comes again by March or so to, to, to stick around until November-ish. It's crazy. Next, um, Dave Vicky says, I walk away for five minutes, but the Vikings do nothing, come back, and it's 7-3, to three, and I'm watching my Dofu Sport, uh, on my Dofu Sports app, and you can't seem to rewind it. Oh, man, <laughs> that sucks. Yep, Vikings finally got things going there, didn't they? Brad McCarthy, South Dakota's finest, says, just when you think this team is going to let you down, they do a complete 360. Wow, what a turnaround. Mark Carlson says, hope there is a spark in this team after halftime. I don't want to see what I saw in the first two quarters ever again. Yeah, that was horrible. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi. Mississippi's finest says, we have to take advantage of the opportunities. Defense is doing their job. Yeah, they were. For the most part, for sure. Um, Brett McCarthy says offense can't get anything going. Mark Rosen says another Vikings sack. Tedder called on skull. Vikings touchdown. Mike Dale, whoo, pressure is off. Mark Rosen says, who is Patrick Thomas? Nice sack. <laughs> uh, yeah, Patrick Thomas, look at you. Patrick Thomas. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's <laughs> I don't know, I, I get a kick when I see that's Patrick Jones. Yeah, I was going to say, Patrick Jones, right? Yep. Brian Osamoa, too, man. No, some someday he'll be included in those. It's like, Patrick Thomas? It's not Patrick Thomas. Yeah, I thought it was Patrick Jones. But uh, you know how that goes around here. Dave Vicky says, he, he Zimmer's, yep, Patrick Jones. He's Zimmer's draft pick from last year. He never played and was one of the few that didn't get cut by the new coach. And yep, Dave, uh, Mark replies with, thank you. Mike Dale says, Mike Dale out of New York State says, Welcome to the game, offense. Did you finally rub the sleep from your eyes? It's only the second quarter with his eyes rolling. Dave Vicky says, Is the punter going to be the player of the game? And <laughs> again, four straight, three and outs, and now we're facing Teddy. You don't think he's got an axe to grind against us? Yeah, 
because the way we just kind of let him go. Then there was the interception. Yep, come on, defense. You look like shit again, says Dave Hickey. Brad McCarthy says, make a third-string quarterback look like a superstar. Yeah, that was that Beth uh, Skylar Thompson just for a little while before he hurt his thumb. First position disappointment. What a punt. Yeah, the 73-yard punt. That was amazing, wasn't it? Yep, 73. Crazy. N knocked them out of field goal range. Yep, that was the sacks and all that from uh, Mike Dale there. Mike uh, Brett McCarthy said, not impressed with our defense at all. But then he said, skull at the beginning there. Cool. Love to hear from all of you so much. Let's get to the uh, final section here. Post-game thread. Yep, that is it. And we'll wrap up this show. Once and for all. Yep, and I, and I apologize if this is getting too long. Please tell me. Anybody, if it's getting too long, tell me, please, 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 please. If you like it long, then okay. <laughs> but I try, I mean, even I don't want them too long because, well, it's kind of drags. You know, it kind of drags. I can imagine it's driving you crazy if I talk too much. Brad McCarthy says, thought this team was going to fold, then turn it on when they have to for a win. And yeah, they've been great about that this year, haven't they? Dave Vicky has a couple here. He says, I've been waiting for Thielen to get things going, so of course I put my money on Jefferson to get the touchdowns in. Now, I'd have to select Thielen and Ryan Wright to share the Tarkington Award and the defense soft shell as the ponder. Yep, I can understand that, though. But I like the secondary, generally speaking. It's the, def it's, it's the defense shell. Yep, not the individual players, right? Yep, it's the shell, like the scheme. Uh, Dave Vicky says, I can't hardly believe we're 5-1, and one, but a win's a win no matter how ugly they look. The Finns beat themselves today, that's for sure. That being said, the Vikings could have lost at least three of those games and probably would have if old crotchety Zimmer was still here. But now we have a positive attitude on the team. Yep. Yep. All right. Mark says, that was good. Well said. Mark says, I would like a more aggressive defense, and at times I can't complain. How in the world do we allow so many yards? Stealing one from Brent J uh, Jacobson, Will the real Vikings defense please stand up? Yep, I remember when he said that in a call-in. Yes, I, I want to hear from Brent Jacobson again. Brent, if you're listening, please, 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 please call in again. I, I miss you, man. Mark says, I also have to highlight our punter. Good old what's-his-name. He made one hell of a punt today and deep in our own end zone. By the way, I, if I haven't said already... I sure enjoyed last week's call-in from Mad Martin to Skull, Mark from Iowa. Yep. Yeah, our punter has been great, hasn't he? He has been awesome. He's the best punter we've ever had. Brian Wright. And yep, not the other guy who liked to tweet a lot. Let's just keep going. <laughs> he was really good for a while, though, Chris Chloe, and then he got weird, but I don't know. I, I, I guess we've all gotten weird, though. I shouldn't say that. I'm weird, too, in a different, completely different way. Patrick Grant says the D finally came around. Big plays for the win. Very, really nicely said there. Cedric Paulding says, totally agree. Cedric Paulding says, so proud of the defense, but our O-line was manhandled at the time. Yeah, at times, yeah. I thought they were the most disappointing of the day, honestly. Yeah, even worse than the defense. So great, great thought there, Mr. Cedric Paulding. Mike Dale wraps up this little thread. Not the whole thing, but this part here. Senator, he says to Senator Calling, yeah, they were boss today, especially Bradbury. Yeah, Bradbury was bad. So we get to Mike Dale's symphony of writing once again. The, the symphony by Mike Dale says, man, some conflicting emotions from the get-go. Skylar Thompson seemed to move the chains at will, but geez, their penalties really killed them. The Vikings defense looked way out of sorts, especially the secondary. 
At times they look really good too, though. But yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Maybe I'm an idiot for picking them, some of those guys. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, some of the plays they made were very helpful down the stretch. But I feel you. I do. I, I think, I honestly think it's the coaching scheme more so than anything else. Having us kind of play off of guys. And it's it's weird. Even the uh, Jonathan Vilma brought it up as well today. Continuing Mike here. When Teddy was brought in, after the Thompson hand injury again, which I think was a big turning point of the game, unfortunately for Miami, there was an inner warmth that manifested, manifested in me. Actually made me less vitriolic towards our opponents, but he, alas, is now our enemy. It's really difficult to root against him. I agree. I love Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm rooting for Miami the rest of the way, folks. Unless it's in the Super Bowl against the Vikings. Go Dolphins. I'm Yep, go Dolphins. They have a chance to be great this year, believe it or not. Uh, Mike Dale continues, says, That said, that's enough of the pleasantries. We had to be cutthroat, and the offense finally woke up midway through the second quarter. Okay, so you're looking at the Fran and Ponder Memorial. Candidates, Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, Patrick Peterson, oh yes, Harrison Smith, and even Ryan Wright as a punter. I know, I know, I kid. No, Ryan Wright has gotten it before, because <laughs> he, he's that good. Certain Sometimes the punter deserves it, the, the award. Ponder Memorial, listen, Defense didn't give up much points, albeit against a non-starting quarterback. However, in the past, we made second and third string quarterbacks look good. I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer. The Vikings should have won this game, and they did. No complaints for a dog that's been thrown a bone, thrown its bone, and being ungrateful for how it tastes. I'm thoroughly pleased by the Vikings' record thus far. We went some ugly C H U D. Sorry, 80s. Sorry, 80s reference. Well, I love the 80s. We play some ugly C-H-U-D-ass games of late, but the games we do win this season are the games we lost under Zimmer last year. Yep, because remember last year we kept thinking, man, we could have been 5-1 and one right now. And we were not 5-1. and one. Um, He says we're 5-1. and one. We had our own heads handed to us by the Eagles, who are a legit team. Am I getting my hopes up ahead of myself and investing emotional stock in this team? Nope. They probably don't have the talent to win a Super Bowl, so my blood pressure level of anxiety will remain baseline. That said, I still love my team. Skull Vikes. Yep, thank you very much, Mike Dale. That was awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome always. The Gold Star, the Star Awards for this episode. Oh boy, it's so hard. <laughs> it's always so darn hard. Um, oh my God, it's so hard. Uh, I think Dave Vicky's going to get the gold today. Dave Vicky's going to get the gold. Oh, my God. It's so hard. Mark Carlson and Mike Dale will ring in the silver. Mad Martin has to get at least the bronze. A nice silver-plated bronze because he's the greatest. His comments were great as well throughout the game, uh, game on Twitter. Um, man, it's so freaking hard. Yep, Bob, uh, trying to think, because I think there should be at least one more bronze. Oh, man, it's tough. Josh Mayer Henry, of course. Josh Mayer Henry, at least a bronze. Yep, Josh Mayer Henry is going to get the other bronze. Thank you guys so much for everything you do, calling into the show, messaging on here, or should I say posting 
in the threads and, and such. You guys are wonderful. You keep keep everything going. You make the show a lot of fun to do. You make it easier to do as well. Uh, I don't have a co-host. I'm not sure I really want one. I'm so used to being solo now. It would be weird to have a co-host. And plus, you have to worry about their schedule along with my own. I like the freedom of just doing my thing. Doing my thing, and then I can reply to your comments when I'm doing the show and all that. And, I, you know, it's just so nice. It's so enjoyable to do it this way. And now I got the baseball or football flashing in the background right in front of me instead of me having to crank my head over and and then screw up the audio. <laughs> I can look right at it now while doing the show with a different setup here. Um, but you guys make everything so much more worth it than, than ever. I say this every week, but I absolutely mean it. Absolutely mean it. Uh, it's going to be a bummer going into bye week. Hopefully the Vikings can continue their momentum, and I'm sure they will, playing against an Arizona team that's kind of a mess. Come on, Guardians, stop striking out, man. <laughs> Not Eddie Rosario, it's Ahmed Rosario. Eddie was still on Atlanta, apparently. Interestingly, you barely noticed him this year. Last year he was the NLCS MVP, and there's Manny Ramirez's son there, hoping to hit a home run and tie this up with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. Come on, Ramirez, let's do this. Tie the game up. You know, all these players, you know, <laughs> as I was... You know, as I was a teenager becoming an adult, these guys' parents were playing. It's just the weirdest thing, like uh, Vladimir Guerrero. And now it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Now it's Amir Ramirez, uh, excuse me, Jose Ramirez, pardon me, instead of Manny Ramirez. Aaron Boone, who I knew very well as a third baseman of Cincinnati. Um, I, I was already a young adult with him playing with the Cincinnati Reds and then ultimately the Yankees. And I was like, you know, already in my mid 20s. And all that, and we hit that big home run off of the Boston Red Sox, put the Yankees into the nah, into the 2003 World Series, only to lose to the Florida Marlins. But still, gosh, I can't believe that's 19 years ago now. Jeez, that's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Sorry, I had now I'm going into baseball again. So I'm just in the I don't know. I'm like enjoying the baseball postseason so far, but I'm enjoying the football season as well. You got a five and one club winning games they didn't win last year. It's like we're kind of making up for lost time. We're making up for, for, you know, whatever it is. It's like, you know, you know how you know things kind of just kind of come back. You get the north wind, and then the south wind comes back, and the south wind and the north wind comes back. It's kind of how things are going now. Hopefully, the Minnesota Vikings can carry this into something very special. Do they have the talent to go all the way? Probably not, but I don't know. I don't think a lot of people thought the 2007 Giants had the talent or the 2011 especially. They only won nine games that year. So I, you just don't know. You just don't know. Um, but I will not. I am not investing everything I've got into this team. I haven't done that since 98. I learned that valuable lesson in 1998. You just can't do it. 2009, I pretty much did because Brett Favre was the freaking quarterback. And then you had games like Arizona and Carolina, like I talked about. So with that said, all of you, again, have a wonderful couple weeks here. I might pop on, but don't count on it. Less than 50% chance, less than 25% chance. But maybe, what the hell. Uh, maybe something crazy happens, some crazy story or something, and I'll come on for a shorty. Other than that, have a wonderful week off. Have a wonderful week off. Enjoy some other football. Enjoy some baseball. We'll probably be in the, yeah, we got to be in the World Series by next time. It's going to be pretty much Halloween going into the next one. So I think the World Series will be just about starting. We'll see if uh, the Guardians get that far. But obviously one of these two teams is going to be done fairly soon. God, what was he swinging at? Holy crap. (laughs) 
My God, dude, what were you swinging at? Your cleats? That was pathetic. He got absolutely fooled. But, well, far be it from me. That guy made a hell of a pitch and made the guy chase it. So, nice uh, breaking ball there. Anyhow, have a wonderful week. Take care. We'll see you. <laughs> we'll talk to you on October the 30th. <laughs>